Welcome to an Impact Ministries production, brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com or drjimrichards.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self-development program that changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hey, I'm Jim Richards. I want to welcome you to this fourth message in the series on the spirit and the power. Today, we're going to be talking about the spirit of grace. Now, don't hit the brakes on me and don't assume that you know what I'm going to talk about when, I, when I'm getting into this thing about the spirit of grace, uh, because there's, a lot, there's really a lot of, of predetermined ideas about grace. And and many of them are reactions to things that have been taught about grace that are just not scriptural. Many of them are reactions to people who want to make grace something different than what the Bible talks about. You know, one of the most interesting things about grace, and I, I think about this every time I teach anything about grace, it talks about how that Jesus grew in wisdom and, and that really he was filled, and it's talking about a progressive thing happening, filled with grace. And that, that is just so phenomenal to me to realize that Jesus, as my model of how I walk with God, is that I need to be filled with the Spirit, I need to be filled with grace. And fortunately, one of the names or one of the uh, uh, titles of the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Grace. And so I, I don't know if that excites you, but uh, it, it really, really does excite me. By the way, I'm not going to read the whole passage of Scripture because I don't want to get into all the issues with this particular Scripture, but Hebrews 10 is the most direct place where it refers to the Holy Spirit as the Spirit of grace. Now, one of the things we have to understand, and I'm, I'm going to go back to those of you who have been following me for years, you know what I'm about to say as far as talking about the definition of the word grace. Now, listen, uh, I have, you know, from time to time, been incredibly criticized for uh, being so uh, particular about the definitions of biblical words. And I want you to understand, if we have incorrect definitions of a particular word, then really it sets us on a path where we, we really never quite get uh, our foundation on that word. And really uh, incorrect definitions of words actually leads to uh, incorrect beliefs and incorrect beliefs. Stop to think about it. You're talking about, you're talking about a, a, a paradoxical situation. An incorrect belief means that if you're not believing the truth about something, you cannot experience the grace of God to manifest that truth in, in your life. Now, remember, we talked about in the last, in the last message, uh, I don't know if we talked about in the video series or if we talked about in the audio series, but we talked about the fact that one of the key things that the Holy Spirit does is as he takes information that we are taking in uh, through our eyes and through our mind, and, and you know, we're trying to renew our mind or trying to learn the word of God. But it is, it is the power of the Holy Spirit that moves us to a place where that transforms from information to manifestation. And I've 
talked about this for decades. It does not matter what you believe if it doesn't manifest in your life. You know, years ago, I, uh, when I would go in and introduce congregations to the concepts of biblical grace, uh, one of the things I would tell them, and it was so incredibly true, and that is one of the great frustrations of so many people is they believe the truth, but for whatever reason, they can't get the truth to work in their life. And they get frustrated, they get angry, they get angry with God, they blame God, they blame church, blame blame the pastor, they, they, they blame everybody. And so one of the things we have to realize about grace, if we're looking at the definition of the Greek word for grace, even though there are overtones of graciousness, even though there are overtones of kindness, uh, we have to realize that in fact, the word grace has to do with ability, it has to do with power, it has to do with strength, it has to do with capacity. And so, so the grace of God, you know, for example, the capacity for grace. You know, the Bible tells us in the book of 2 Corinthians that, uh, that the Spirit of the Lord moves us from glory to glory. Now, what, what does that mean? What does that look like? Well, the word glory, again, that's one of those words that, man, it has a broad definition of splendor and greatness and all these things. But ultimately, on a functional level, the word glory or doxa gets down to the view, the opinion, and the reality. And so we are not dealing with reality as long as we are dealing with our view and our opinion. We are only dealing with reality when we accept and embrace God's opinion of something. And when we accept God's opinion of something, that's when the Holy Spirit can work in us and give us the capacity. Uh, he works from our heart, which is where we have perception. You know, we have the eyes of the heart that makes us able to see and grasp spiritual things that you can't see and grasp just because you read them. No matter how many books you read about them, no matter how many sermons you hear about them, that does not mean that you have spiritually discerned something. So when the Holy Spirit brings us in at, to teach us truth, he is not so much trying to teach us theology. He is trying to bring us into uh, the knowledge, the experiential knowledge of truth, which only happens when there is a manifestation. So you think about going from grace to grace to grace. It's a really interesting concept to realize that at this moment in time in my life, in any given area, I really have uh, grown in grace and, you know, in a certain area, maybe that maybe, and I'm just going to use this. I don't, I don't particularly like using this, this example, but well, let's say that you have, let's say that you have grown in grace uh, for physical healing. And so, that really means physical healing will be pretty easy for you, but there may be other areas of your life that you really haven't grown in grace. You, for example, you may not really uh, manifest much grace to forgive people when they wrong you, when they offend you. And so grace is not something that brings every aspect of our life to equal uh, proportions, if you will, or equal capacities. So, so we realize that, that if I need grace, for example, if I need, uh, uh, 
grace to to deal with something and really where I am in my in my walk with grace and my experiencing the manifestation of grace in my life, the manifestation of the power of God, then then I it starts with do I have the capacity, not the mental capacity, not the intellectual capacity, do I have the capacity of heart to look into a situation and say, you know something, where I am right now in my life, I know I'm not ready to deal with this. And I, you know, that's one of those things we have to, we have to be able to do. We, you know, we are not the fake movement. We are the faith movement. We don't walk by fake. We walk by faith. And unfortunately, you know, we've kind of gotten into some of these motivational concepts of fake it till you make it. Well, you know what? That's really not a biblical concept. Uh, it is very important. You know, Abraham grew from glory to glory. You know, we grow from grace to grace. How, how, does, how does that happen? Well, you know, the Bible talks about the promise that God made to Abraham about being the father of many nations. And the fact is that uh, uh, Abraham, it took Abraham decades to come into that reality. And he made some horrible moves, some very compromising moves. Uh, you know, with Hagar, he made compromising moves whenever he was willing to give Sarai to uh, an ungodly man to protect him. I mean, he made some horrible moves. Why? Because he had not really uh, developed his heart. In the book of uh, Romans 4th chapter, it gets into this thing about how that, about that how that Abraham established his heart. He became fully convinced in his heart. So, so what happens is that we may be at a capacity to walk in something to a certain degree, but as we take the truth into our heart, as we meditate on it, ponder on it, consider it, reflect it, and come to experience it as a reality, then the Holy Spirit is able to move us into a capacity to go beyond where we are. I'm just using that as one example, but the point is, the Holy Spirit, or, or the grace of God, is a strength, it's a power, it's a capacity, it's an ability that the Bible says works in your heart. Well, in your heart is where the Holy Spirit works from, and everything that God has for us works in our heart in conjunction with the Holy Spirit working in us to empower us, to open our eyes, to open our understanding, to help us see at things that we really, we don't even have the capacity to see at this point. And so, and so the grace of God, it's, it's these capacity, power, strength, ability, but it also works from our heart. But another interesting thing that uh, the definition of grace brings out is that it comes by unmerited favor. Now, many denominations and many good godly people, they have a one-dimensional concept of grace, and that is unmerited favor. And so if you turn grace into unmerited favor, uh, you can push that definition beyond reality, and it becomes nothing but unmerited favor. So, so you know, in the fake grace movement that's out there now, you got people, everything is about unmerited favor. I don't deserve this, but I get it. You know, I don't deserve this, but I get it. I don't, you know, uh, and so we turn grace into mercy. We turn grace into forgiveness. We turn grace into kindness. We turn grace into 
you know, all, compassion, all of these things. But the truth is, grace is not God's ability to overlook our sin. Grace is God's ability working in us to overcome our sin, to give us the capacity, the strength, and the power. Hope, hope, I've, hope I've made that clear for, to you. But the thing is, the, the, the grace of God is, uh, is about becoming able to do something, but being able to do it outside of your own strength and not because you have earned it. Uh, so, so let's, let's kind of move ahead here a little bit. I don't want to run out of time. By, by the way, let me mention something. Uh, for those of you who are interested, we always have people that are interested in going deeper, people who are, are really uh, developing their life as a disciple, and, uh, and, and they want to go deeper in the Word of God. And so, you know, we always put incredible amounts of free information online through these videos, but we always make about 60 hours a much more detailed teaching. And some of you say, you know what, I, I know everything I need to know about this. Don't want more. That's all right. So that's why we don't. That's why we don't put all of that into the videos. And also, you know, it would take forever to go through sixty hours in these videos. That would that would be a, a, a what, what about? Um, I don't even know how how many videos that would be. But anyhow, would be one hundred and twenty. And so. Not everybody wants that, but some people do. So we make these audio uh, teachings available, and it's not just an overlap of the video teachings. It's, it's, it supplements the video teachings. It has a lot of things that are not in the videos. It goes into a lot more detail for people who want to dig deeper. So, you know, tonight you can, you can uh, purchase this online. You can download it, and then you can be diving into the deep end of the pool. And here's the great thing about this. You're not only spending some money to invest in your own life and in your own heart and your own beliefs, but we take those resources and they become resource for us to be able to take this gospel to the end of the world. That's how we finance so many of the things that we do around the world. So anyhow, check it out if you're interested in the diving a little bit deeper. All right, so let's come back to this. There is such a paradox and, and honestly, and I, I tell people this all the time, we never truly understand any truth until we understand it within the paradox. If we don't understand a truth within the paradox, then we're not seeing, you know, all the dimensions of that truth at one time. We're choosing one dimension of the truth. And we're focusing in on that because, because in our natural mind, we're not able to bring together all of these pieces, all of these dimensions, all of these realities at one time and grasp them in a meaningful way. And so, and you know what, that's kind of what understanding is. And understanding is something that comes to us by the Spirit of God. Understanding is what we bring together uh, many dimensions, many pieces uh, of a truth, and we are able to see it from many sides. And then, then with that kind of understanding, we're able to walk in the wisdom of God. Now, wisdom always has to do with practical application. Now, the Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of Wisdom. 
And so the Holy Spirit is always trying to take us into practical application. Those are always trying to take us into a dimension where we walk this out for ourselves. But the key is he takes us into those dimensions and he gives us the ability, the strength, the power, the capacity in our heart. And I'm telling you, when, when something comes alive inside your heart, it shifts your sense of identity. You're not trying to do something to become something else. You have this sense of this is who I am. It's not just, it is not, it's not just what I do. It's not just what I can do. This is who I am. That is so phenomenal. And so, and so uh, when we get understanding for something, you know, and we're going to walk out in our life, you know, one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit, and we talk about this, in, you know, in, in the series, in the audio series, uh, probably more than we'll get to in this series, but one of the most powerful aspects of the Holy Spirit is that he leads us, he guides us, he, he takes us down the path of righteousness where there's life, there's no death, you know, there's abundance, there's no lack, all of those, all of those kinds of things. And so as the Holy Spirit is leading us, uh, if we're going to walk in practical application, here's one of the things that we have to understand. Truth uh, is, is always, that which is true is always true. And so truth is pretty simple. Truth is pretty straightforward. But the problem comes in the application of truth because we are always taking truth into our lives and into our circumstances. And because all of our circumstances vary, we have to be able to apply truth in the way that works in our particular circumstance. Now, that's one of the things that the Holy Spirit does when it comes to teach us truth is not just to give us uh, definitions, not just to give us theological positions, but to bring us into really this multi-dimensional realization of, of a truth. You know, the, the ancients used to say there's 50 faces to the Torah. In other words, there are, are at least 50 different ways that you can interpret something. And uh, all of them can mean, can say certain things to you. All of them can, can catch your attention and draw your interest. But at the end of the day, after you have meditated on it, after you read on it and pondered and considered and studied the word of God, at the end of the day, the most important question you've got to ask yourself is, in light of what God is showing me today, how do I apply this? You see, we're not looking for um, application that's identical to somebody that's in another country. You know, people write me all the time and they'll say, you know, uh, uh, so, so Jim, what are you doing to prepare for the times that are, are ahead? And uh, uh, I want to know so I, so I can do what you're doing. I'll write them back and say, you know what? Uh, I, I live in a different country than you do, or you might live in my country. I live in a different state. There are all of these variables that say there is not a one-size-fit-all application for the Word of God. That the, the Word is always true, but the application is always variable. And only the Holy Spirit knows all of these different factors about your life, the people you're involved with, the country, the state, the city that you live in, 
All of these factors are more than we can ever sort out. They're more than we can ever pray about. They're more than we can ever talk about. There's more than we can ever think about. And even still, we don't want to be reduced down to our natural mind to try to sort out uh, how do I take this truth and walk it out in my life. And so, and so the Holy Spirit uh, is able to take all of that information and actually just say, just follow me. Just follow me, and I will lead you down the path of life. I will lead you where there's life and no death, where there is uh, a joy and no sorrow. I will lead you down where there's, where there's provision and no loss. And so the Holy Spirit uh, enables us and gives us the capacity to make that journey but all of it starts because we take the word of God and we ponder on that word of God. We accept that word of God. We make the choice to allow that word of God into our heart, into our life. And that's where the Holy Spirit said, okay, now I can start showing you what this would actually look like in your real life. But now here's a thing that I think, I think really every one of us need to stand up and listen to, because we have this tendency to think that the Holy Spirit is going to come into our lives and do things, do these things for us. No. Remember, grace makes you able. And so when the Spirit of grace is working in you, He is not coming in and saying, uh, don't worry about it. I'll make your decisions for you. Don't worry about it. I will do all this for you. I mean, even in making decisions, there are always options. There are always uh, things that we need to take into consideration that may be, may be very, uh, very different. You know, I, I don't even know how many times I've experienced physical healing. I was born with a congenital kidney disease. And by the time I was 28 years old, it looked like I was going to die. And, uh, you know, I walked out of that kidney disease. Well, I've been healed of other things, of very serious things, actually. And the truth, I always use the same truth. The same truth is that God is Jehovah Rope, the Lord God who heals. The same truth is he, that on the cross, Jesus carried my sin, sickness, and disease. I mean, the scripture is true, it's true, it's true, it's true always. But I can tell you this, most of the times that I have experienced of uh, physical healing, uh, I would have to follow the Holy Spirit on a particular path or a particular journey. You say, well, well why, why would he make it different? Well, you know, God is not going to lead you down a path that you don't have the capacity to walk. Uh, there are some situations in our lives that we just look at and say, you know what, I just, uh, I'm, I'm not up for this. I'm just not there. Now, what we normally do then, we, we, we take our archaic concepts of faith and we try to confess ourselves into it. We try to talk ourselves into it, all that kind of stuff. And I'm not against confession. I'm not against any of that stuff. But I'm saying the easier way is to listen to and recognize the voice of the Spirit of grace who says, I can lead you and give you the capacity and the strength to approach this this way. And uh, so many, many times, the big miss, if you will, the big misdirection, the big failure that happens 
is we have, we try to take control of the process. We have made up our minds how this is supposed to happen. We have made up our minds how God is going to do that when in fact the Holy Spirit says, no, I'm the shepherd, you follow me. You know what most of us do? We kind of get connected to a scripture or something and praise God that we do that, you know, because that's a, that's a wonderful thing. But then we're sort of like, okay, Holy Spirit, I, I got this now. You go and do something else. You go help somebody else because now I'm going to take this truth and I'm going to apply it the way I feel comfortable. I'm going to apply it the way I've applied it in the past. I'm going to apply it the way my pastor has told me I should apply it. And we're really going to push the Holy Spirit out of that place of being our teacher, out of that place of, of really being our helper. We're going to push him out of that. And so, okay, I, I, you know, you have brought this to life in me that healing is mine. So here I go, leave me alone. And the real truth is at that moment in time, we have removed ourselves from the spirit of grace, being able to work in us and make us able and give us strength and influence our heart, all those kinds of things. Now, and James, you know, James is, is a powerful, powerful book. And James is, by the way, is one of the books that the fake grace movement does not accept because they do not understand the paradox. They do not understand that when there is faith, there is grace uh, and, there, and there is works. And they are not in contradiction to each other. You know, there's good works in the Bible and then there's dead works in the Bible. Dead works are those things that you do that you think will earn you something from God, but they really won't. That's legalism. And uh, that means that you're not trusting the finished work of Jesus. You're not looking back to the cross and basing your trust for God on what he has already said, what he's already done, and what has already been given. And so, but the paradox is dead works uh, interfere with your ability to experience grace. Absolutely. But if it is true grace working in your life, it will always produce good works. And so, again, that's a paradox. Uh, you know, am I using works to try to get something from God? No. Uh, are works manifesting in my life because I already have got something from God? Absolutely. Now, in the book of James, it tells us in James 1.22, uh, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. So people who are not doers, people who are not really committed to allowing this to come into manifestation in their life, uh, honestly, they're deceiving themselves. You know, there are people that run around calling themselves righteous all the time, but they have no commitment to righteousness. They have no desire to live righteous or godly lives. It's just kind of like, okay, I'm, I'm positionally righteous. And that's, that's really all I'm interested in. But you're, you're deceiving yourself. Since for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a, a man observing his natural face in a mirror. Uh, and he observes himself and he goes away. And then he forgets really who he is and what he looks like. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer of the word, but a doer of the work. This one will be blessed in what he does. Now, here's one of the great paradoxes that we've got to get, get hold of. The Holy Spirit is not the doer of the word. The Holy Spirit is the, the helper to help you apply the word of God. The spirit of grace. And these are, these are not synonymous concepts as much as they are overlapping concepts. 
The Holy Spirit in the Greek is called the paraclete, the one called alongside to help. Well, how does he help? Well, one of the primary ways that he helps is by manifesting the grace of God in our heart. And, you know, particularly as we meditate on the word, as we as we see ourselves living the word as we, in our heart, as we, as we, that becomes our reality, then, then the, once that becomes our reality, the spirit of grace can make it happen in our life. But we have this concept that if the spirit of the Holy Spirit comes upon us, he's going to do it for us. No, he's not. He's not the doer of the word. He's the helper. And the decisions that you make because you trust God, the decisions that you make because you're committed to following God, those are the decisions that the Holy Spirit will manifest the grace of God in your life. I tell you, uh, I would love to spend a whole lot of time talking about meditating on the Word and what that what that really means. And I've got a bunch of other teachings out there about that. Matter of fact, you might want to check out check out my book, uh, Moving Your Invisible Boundaries, where it talks all about that. Go back and listen to this a couple times. I'll talk to you next week, and we will hit this again. Thanks for listening to the Weekly Impact Ministries World Changers Podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com or drjimrichards.com, with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website from previous broadcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.